Hey, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're okay, staying safe and being well. Just a quick reminder that this podcast is free, always has been, always will be, but if you find some value in it, you can drop us a donation. All donations go back into the making of this podcast. Just head over to thegiglifepodcast.com and click on the donate button and just roll with it. Okay, episode 90, Andrew Martinez. Here we go. today is Andrew Martinez. Andrew is an outstanding guitarist, audio engineer, producer and songwriter. Having worked and played with many of the best, which include Daryl Beaton and the D1 Cartel, Gang of Brothers, which includes Donal, Barnell, Phoenix, Martinez and Buddy Ciolo. He's recently engineered and mixed Carlos C. Major's new upcoming album out of his recording studio, Martinez Productions, which he shares with his partner and artist, Lily Guerrero. He's currently producing EPs and tracks for a whole bunch of artists out of that studio. We talk about his early days in Chile, touring around with his father, the great Victor Martinez, watching his shows from side of stage, moving with his family to Sydney, not speaking any English, yet he and his family found their voice through their art, their music. We talk about musicians, gigs, the recording process, influences, inspirations, gear, friends and music. This one's been a long time in the making, so I'm pretty stoked to bring it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Andrew Martinez. All right, I think we're rolling. Andrew Martinez, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Hey, man. How are you, Stevie? Good, bro. We've just um, we've actually been chatting for the last 15 minutes, but we've both had... Um, Technical problems. <laughs> I know. Not very, not very good when it's coming from a studio, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and look, can you hear me? It looks like I've frozen again on Zoom. But yeah, you're, you're frozen. You're on a smile. <laughs> you're not stopping smiling, man. It's frozen. I, th- I hope it's frozen. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be super creepy. <laughs> oh, man. Hope it doesn't stay like that. And actually, it's not a bad smile. Looks all right, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like everything's funny. Yeah, as long as it's recording, man. So, um... Bro, what's been going on? Oh, I mean, I've, you know, I've just been, man, there's so much, you know. Mm. I mean, it's so hard to kind of uh, summarize it into a couple of little words, man. Yeah. But, um, um, uh, you know, during the pandemic, man, I, I've been busy in the studio, man. I've just been doing lots of stuff here in the studio. Yeah. As you know, I got my studio, Martinez Productions, mm-hmm. and um, I've been doing all sorts of things from recording people to making my own music and production, yeah, et cetera, mixing. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, the, the pandemic thing. Um and yeah, it seems you are really active in your studio, which is really good. Now when when all that pandemic hit, what did you have sort of um what did you have coming up gig wise and what got blown out? Um Well um well what got blown out? I mean a lot of things got blown out. We had 
um, they had, there was a lot of weddings and things that were coming up. Um, uh, there was a lot of, I, I was doing up until March, I was doing, you know, average seven gigs a week, mm. you know, mm. that was the average on when it was getting quiet, you know, that's been sort of the average quiet months, you know, oh, yeah. when it's been, when it's busy, man, I've been like pretty much gigging every day. And then, mm. you know, mainly from Thursday onwards is two or three every day, you know? So it's, it, it gets really crazy. It gets really crazy. And, um, so it was so this the the to 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 be honest 2019 up until the end of 2019 it's been one of my busiest years ever. Mm. That year it's just been so crazy because number one, I was really busy with gigs, and number two my studio got really busy. Mm. So basically I had two jobs. So mm. I, I had the jobs. Well, actually I had three jobs really if I think about it. Three yeah three jobs because I was booking the gigs and paying everyone and pretty much running a payroll where I'm booking, I was booking a lot of gigs. Yeah. So I had a lot of people that I was employing for, to fill in for me and also to, to, to do other gigs that I was booking a couple of venues that I had uh, sort of uh, ongoing as an agent. Mm. So that was uh, a side gig that I had, you know, out of, out of besides playing. And then the studio was doing, I was doing on average three days a week here in the studio, f- full days, you know? Mm. So, that was up until yeah, like I said, up until pretty much March. Um, it was super crazy. So I was uh, I was uh, I was about to collapse and die. <laughs> so the pandemic saved me. Actually, it's kind of a break. <laughs> well, man, I had a forced holiday, you know, from the beginning. You know, like at the beginning, like everybody else, I think we all panicked and mm. kind of I locked the door and I went, "That's it, I'm not doing anything." So I spent a lot of time watching Netflix and yep. doing all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and then um, you know, I I I when. Job keeper started to come in, and I went. That's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep. Even if I'm not getting paid, I'm gonna get busy. You know, mm-hmm. and I've been, and I've been flat out ever since. That's, you know? that's good. Yeah. yeah, man. That sounds like you took a big hit. It's yeah, just all gone overnight, eh? Like literally overnight. Yeah, yeah. yeah I took a, I took a big hit, and, and but, but in comparison to to, I think, I think, what am I trying? To, what I'm trying to say is that. In comparison to other people that have been affected by this, and in other countries the way they've been affected, I yeah. think we're okay. Yeah, yeah, we're very, we're very lucky. We yeah. we're getting looked after. Yep. The government, the government hasn't left us, you know, up and dry like like some other governments have left their people in other countries that I've seen. You know, like people are starving. So, mm. and there's craziness going on. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, music has stopped in a lot of ways, but it's also created, uh, I think, uh, a gap for a lot of people that have been kind of slaving themselves to the music mm. without a direction. So yeah. now this kind yeah. of restarts your mind and it lets you kind of rethink strategies. So it's all about, I think it's it's about reinventing yourself every time that things happen, you know, and, and, and that's the industry. It's like, if you really look at it um, uh, really closely from the beginning to now, like when it's been a, an actual electric music industry of the, what, the, what we've seen, it has always evolved and changed and evolved and changed and things change. And then there's a drastic change. And I think in the last few years, we've seen some major drastic changes, you know, and it's whether we like it or not, mm. the changes that are happening. And uh, I think it's up to each individual to take it as a depressive moment or to, or to be mm. able to try and morph with the situation if it's possible, you know, uh, but that, that's, I'm, I'm not saying that I've done that. I'm just saying that that's probably the best way to look at it and the, to try and find a, 
uh, an angle in what you do mm. as a musician or an artist or anything that you do to to be able to kind of keep doing the things that you do. Mm. Of course, you know, like uh, right at this moment, you know, we we are very lucky because we're getting job seeker and job keeper payments that are coming in as a bonus for us for 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 during this time. When they when those things are gone, we'll see what happens. You know how whether these same answers apply. Yeah, you 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 put a post on your Facebook, um, or oh, a couple of weeks ago now, mm. asking what people's plan B will be once the job keeper and the seeker ends. Yeah, right. And there's some yeah. pretty 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 interesting responses in that. Now, what's mm. what's your plan B? I guess you're kind of you've kind oh. of already got it. You've already set it up, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I, mm. I mean, the, the, I, it wasn't a plan B. It was just, it was just a plan that I was that yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, my plan was to to kind of slow down on so many gigs mm. and and kind of uh, focus my energy in the studio because I've spent so much money here and I've always been a producer. Yeah, and I, in the last few years, I kind of the last few years, uh, I've been trying to make the turn back to this. And and the pandemic has opened that, that door up for me to kind of take mm. it, be able to switch the business mm. and and focus and put the energy focus on this. Um, am I getting away from the gigs? No, I'm just because the gigs are not there. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Having said that, this weekend I'm busy. I've got gigs. So yeah. yeah, I've noticed too. You've, you've, you've gigs, a few gigs have sort of, started to open up for you which is good which it has for a lot of people as well which is yeah i've seen a lot of people that are doing things and mm. doing things um yeah let's hope uh the, the 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 industry picks up again and everyone's kind of working maybe uh, i don't know yeah that's that's what i think mm. you mentioned <laughs> before you can take it two ways you can either go the depressive state mm. that route or you can sort of you know it's a glass half full glass half empty sort of thing have you or do you know of people that are in that that other side in that depressive state that can't get out of it and have I you noticed people, that with any of your friends and, and colleagues? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean I know I know people have people have you know, we've all been dealing with this in different ways. Yeah. At different moments. Like for example, when he first hit uh, me and my partner Lily, mm. that you know, yeah. Lily Guerrero, we both kind of went pretty kind of hardcore on the social distancing. And we took it really seriously because we just because oh we were, what happens is we started watching the news all the time and then we were addicted watching the news. Oh, oh man, you know. And then it was just it was a bad idea, you know, because we were watching it so much, and we were kind of like, oh my god, oh my god, you know, like mm. all right, you know, like there were things going on. And then, but I think it was really important that we took it seriously because um, I guess if a lot of people did what we did, which was take it seriously, maybe that's why we slowed down in Sydney, in, in New South Wales, you know? Mm-hmm. If we didn't take it seriously and we went to Bondi Beach and had a party, you know, like a lot of people did, <laughs> then, then you know, maybe things would be different, you know, in Sydney or New South, or in Australia, for, for that matter, if, uh, if we didn't all take it seriously. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's my sort of, that was at the beginning. Uh, what was your question? It was, uh, what's my plan B? Was it? Was no, that no, question? we went past that. Have you have you noticed um, people on, that have gone the other way, like have stayed in that? Because like you said, you guys locked the doors, went yeah. into lockdown, um, as did we, as did my family. And, um, mm. you know, and then you're talking about like, we're all confronted with the news and mm. it's no secret that, you know, a few, a couple of weeks in, it, it hit me really, really hard. 
And yeah. Yeah. Really, really hard. Um, it was all it, of a was, sudden, you know? Yeah. It was, this, it was the, the thing is that something like this has never, ever happened. Uh, at least in, in, you know, in a hundred years or whatever, you know, I mean, the last major things that have happened that have affected us directly as humans, um, maybe not as humans, but I mean, as, a, as, as people, for example, in Australia, maybe it was the, this the World War Two when the Japanese right. when right. when they got to to Sydney Harbour right because that was like that would have been like freak out you know that would have been terrible like if it was war on our mm. doorstep mm. Um, here in Australia for example in Chile we had in 1973 we had um, Pinochet that dictatorship so that was mm. a big change in time like big strong massive times that I that I, that I know that, that yeah. things have happened in different parts of the world you know like those big changes mm. so. We haven't really our generations here in Australia. We've been at, everyone's been at peace. Everything's a good. Everything's good times. You know, if you want to make it a good time, you can mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why, like, when something like this happens, it's like really freaky for a lot of people. I don't, yeah. No one knows how to deal with it. We most of the people here haven't been through ever anything that's remotely likely, like a war or lockdowns or famine or anything yeah. like that. Except <laughs> right. except for right. for migrants that have come here that have lived through, through those things, you know? So mm. we have no idea. I, I've, you know, my family has been through, we've been through a dictatorship, but I've, I've almost forgotten what it's like, you know, mm. to, to, to live through those times because mm. I've been here, for, you know, I came here in 89 when yeah. I was 14 years old. Yep. So. Uh, I don't remember a lot of those things, but I do remember, but uh, it's kind of distant now, those mm. situations, you know? Yeah, because you had so many years of not that. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So why would you think about that? Yeah. Exactly. Mm. You know, like, uh, I mean, having uh, just, just on that point, man, like when I remember when I was, when, when I came here, when we arrived here, because Chile was very political. It was such a strong political tension the whole time that, that we were there. It was either left or right, you know, with the government, not with the government. It was, you know, people disappearing, abusive police and military, you know, it was a military coup, you know. Mm. So when we came here, it was like, bang, it's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't matter. And it was like, all of a sudden, it was like all these things that I know about politics that I was really, because I was really into it, you know. It felt like, don't have to talk about this stuff anymore. Yeah. We don't have to stress about this guy. Like you know, these discussions don't don't really mean a a, a thing anymore here because it's you you start to realize that you, we're actually in a place where those things are like really alien to people. Like it doesn't. Yeah. That's why um, I don't want to get into politics. Because then I'll, 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 we'll we'll have we'll only talk about politics and not music. Oh, but uh, it'll only but, get it'll only get so far with politics because yeah, no, yeah, they're not that, me that, out. That, that, that's right. That's right. We'll start <laughs> fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Let's leave it there, man. That's mm. it. That, I mean, that's all I got. That's all I got to say about that. You know? No, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. Kind of still going on what we were talking about before about you know you take that depressive side of things. Do you know of people? friends colleagues that are still really down about this that can't get their head around it because um i know there's a lot of people out there just struggling uh, mentally you know like we you know we are yeah. we are lucky to have what we have and but uh, i think it's hit hit a lot of people mentally, Look, I, have friends, mentally I, have, hard. Yeah. I have friends that are doing jobs that they don't want to do yep right and um and uh but i also see them as my heroes because they're able to pick up the the, the the slack and go and do these jobs like, you know, some you know some working in construction or mm -hmm. 
or supermarkets at Coles or retail or, you know, at a takeaway shop. I just saw a guy that I know, he's a musician that that worked, I worked with today and I went to pick up something to eat, like takeaway, and he was working there. And I said, oh, man, how are you? He goes, oh, I'm just doing this now because there's nothing going on. Mm. He works in in the audiovisual side of things, you know, and there's there's nothing going on in that industry. No one's doing, no one's hiring that stuff. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, I, I, don't know what how he feels, but you know, it's like I can imagine that it's kind of like pretty hardcore, especially when you've been doing it full time for a long time. You're doing music only. It's like um, the auto auto industry when they, when they, it's all gone. All of a sudden, what do you do? Yeah, that's right. What's your What's your job? They're taking all the jobs away. You know, and that's basically what's happening here. Like, um, but even further because what we do as musicians and artists, it's music. Uh, if, if whether you're in well in in the whole sense of the world the the word you know music uh, it's it relates to so many other jobs that you can do in that but all that industry has stopped mm. um but like i said i think um i think it's important to um out of the people that i know i think it's important that um uh, that they keep the focus on where the heart is in and that's um and that's that that's the art you know mm. it, uh, and and the pandemic has done that, I think, in a way, man, where it has um, has made people go back to basics in in some of these things, rather than because you couldn't we couldn't chase the dollar for what four months now. Yeah, you know, there's only been a few gigs now that are starting to come back, which now we can start again. You know, kind of getting paid and things, you know, slowly. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the whole time, you couldn't chase anything, so it was all about. You know, what if you wanted to be creative and wanted to write or wanted to, to, you know, look at your life, you know, you you could. A lot of us never had time to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so uh, for me, it has been a positive thing in a lot of things, in a lot of ways. But of course, you know, like this, uh, this the negative side of it too. Yeah. But, uh, but the positivity, I'm, I'm trying to focus on the positive of it. Yeah, good stuff. Now yeah. with having the studio, um, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, creatives out there that went away into their rooms and their little studios and started creating and mm. there's EPs getting written and there's albums being written and I'm sure those people are starting to come out of the woodwork and are wanting to come and record them professionally. So for you, mm. man, what a great time. That's gonna that's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been great for yeah. that for that purpose and I like I've been working with different people. I've been doing um uh, recordings for for different bands. I've, I've had a few bands I have come and recorded or single artists. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a young girl that I'm producing uh, an EP for her mm-hmm. at the moment, and that's you know, this it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. So we're up to the we're up to song number four now. Uh, also working with Polini, we're doing some we're, we're writing stuff together and producing stuff. So so that's exciting. I'm doing these other tracks with this other young dude called Leroy, and um, they're sounding great. Um, and, um, and there's a whole bunch of other things, you know, um, that I'm doing that I, that I have also um, have opened the door for me to do other things that I didn't have time to, um, that I wanted to do, but I couldn't do because my focus was somewhere else. Mm. So uh, this has refocused me and it's actually brought a lot of things into my attention and and maybe has shifted my idea of what I really wanted to do. You know, mm. now have maybe more of a clearer picture. I don't know. It's 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 a weird one, man. Because it's, you know, you get thrown in the you, you get we all we we've all been thrown in the deep end, and 
okay, who can swim out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny, that, like, just going going on that, um, you know, when there was a lockdown, mm. um, not many cars on the road, shops were empty um, yeah. when you did need to go out. It was kind of cool because there wasn't as many people around and things oh, started it. getting relaxed and – and then you have conversations with your friends thinking, man, when this is over, you know, everybody's going to be more relaxed and laid back and not going to go out as much. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's man. just oh. It's just like it was almost, eh? Like yeah. um, we're it's having this conversation awful. and we're talking about that stuff, but, yeah, nah, it just never happened, man. It's just those, those roads, just, the roads are packed again and the shops are packed again and, just yeah. Every, just everybody like before, needs mate. everybody needs things, man. Everybody yeah. needs to work. Everybody needs to go shopping. People need to go out. Lots of people. See, sometimes I think that a lot of people would agree with what I say in mm. things. Mm. It doesn't matter what I'm talking about. And then I realize that maybe I'm only three percent of the <laughs> of those people that would agree with me. Really, yeah. what I think. Yeah. And then I go. What's wrong with the world? I know. Are they crazy? You know, like why? Why doesn't anyone think like? And then you like, like even when you see, you know, politicians get elected, and you go, how can this happen? Yeah. You know? yeah. Where is the risk? What are people thinking? And then it makes you realize, like a lot of the time, it's like we live in a little bubble. Like Facebook is like a little bubble of people that, you know, there's all these creative people that are, that are in a little bubble. We all say the things that we're all kind of spiritually spiritually connected, and mm-hmm. you know, pacifists. And we love nature. You know, there's all these people that I'm surrounded with that we all have that those kind of similarities, you know. Mm-hmm. But you realize that it's just a little bubble, man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, it is, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just got to find your little spot in there somewhere, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Let's, um, let's roll right back. Right yeah. back to early days. Back across to Chile. Yeah. Um. Let's, yeah, let's talk about how it all started for you, like your very early childhood days. Talk about your father, Victor, mm. famous acoustic, classical acoustic mm. guitar player. Mm. Um, I had Dono on the show very early on yeah. in the podcast. and he I did, remember, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he talked a little bit about your dad. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd like, like to hear you also talk about him and, and about your mother, Gloria, and and yeah. that family life in, in Chile and, and yeah, and then that decision to sort of move. Because um, like you said, you were 14, so you probably would have had a fair idea kind of what was going on. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. So um, when I was born in 74, and I was born the year after the coup, the coup happened in Chile, the, the military coup, and, um, and Pinochet came into power. So... My dad named me, my name is Andrew Tupac, like the rapper, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not the rapper. Tupac is um, uh, a re- revolutionary name that it's, there was from, uh, there's two Tupacs in South America that are quite famous. One is Tupac Amaru, which was a, a, a Native American Indian revolutionary, fought for his people, for the natives, you know? So that's why he gets thrown into the bag of revolutionaries. Okay. And there was also Tupac Yupanqui, which was another native who was actually a scientist in, the, in, the, in, in, in that. So my dad named me because of that. Um, so that's, uh, that's where my name comes from, just to give you an idea. And my mom named me Andrew. She's, that was my mom that gave me that name. Um, 
and um i started i started playing guitar i think maybe when i was seven mm-hmm. and it was more of a more i guess maybe copying my dad from seeing him play and things you know because you know i was since i was a baby i saw him playing you know i he took they took me to so many concerts when i was little i went to so many events cultural events i went to concerts theater shows so they used to take me to all these things in chile it was amazing mm. i think about it now and i've I think I went to more things over there than here. Yeah, right. But to be honest. You and know, with like, some of these shows, y- your father performing as well? Some of them he performed. Mm-hmm. The thing is that my whole family is uh, this. Uh, my family, I have a family of artists and, um, and, and music. So my, my, my dad's a musician. He's a guitar player. Mm-hmm. But on my mom's side, we're very close to that side of the family. That's the side mm-hmm. that we're close to. My, on my dad's side, we're not close to anyone. Okay, and I, I don't know why it's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So with my so my cousin, I have a cousin who's who's um, who's an actress, and um, she she was in theater. She is in theater, and um, so I used to go to all her things, and I used to hang out with her. She was like my hero, you know. I was young, and you know, I was a little boy, and then all my my cousins they were older than me, four years older, eight years older, and ten years older than me. So they were all like my heroes, you know. I was. Four, five years old and one of them was dead. So, you know, you know what it's like when, when you got a little kid, they want to be like the, yep. so they were all artists. They all play guitar. They all sang G- great. They were great at it, you know, but not, but the music wasn't serious in that side. My dad was a serious guitarist. Mm-hmm. So I used to go, go away and I, and I started playing with them with my cousins more, you know, that's where I, uh, where I actually kind of got more interested in the guitar because my, my cousins were playing pop songs, you know, and, and Chilean, you know, folk, songs and kind of like what Lily does, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the vibe of my cousins where my dad was doing some of that stuff, but it was all more instrumental classical, you know, like it was, so it was a bit more serious. So my dad was like the, this deep knowledge of thing, you know, my, my cousins were like this fun thing. Yeah. I can that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I started playing slowly and I went on tours with my dad. That's what I, I remember going Going to going south, going all the way south to the south of Chile. He, we we went on a tour there, and then we went all the way north to Chile. And this, he took me out of school. Like he took me out of school for like two weeks to go on the all the way north, and it was amazing because we went to every little town. He was playing in every little town all the way up, and then we just came back. And uh, it, he was playing to full theaters, like he was incredible. You know, like that. That's what he was doing. He was on a tour of full theaters and people going, he used to do two shows. I still remember I used to do two. I was about seven or eight. Mm. I used to do two shows in every town that we played in the theaters that they had. Like it was like the, the national, the, the main theaters that the, the little towns will have. Right. So the afternoon shows was for all the students of the schools, like the, the two, the, the, the high school and primary schools that will go there for the show. And the night show will be for, um, all the adults and and you know you'll have the the all the people from government will go and watch him and <laughs> yeah so it was uh, so I remember doing all that and and this has always stayed in my mind because it was just such an amazing thing to watch him play and to see like people standing ovations and people going wow ah, mm. no you know it was like has always stayed in my mind. It's like one of the most amazing things that I think it, it's one of the best gifts that my dad has given me was actually taking on, on those things mm. for, for, as a memory, you know? And um, 
And I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of like really, sometimes I think like people ask me, oh, what's your biggest influence, you know? And I, and I, and I always have answered, oh, I love Steve Vai. I love George Benson and mm. I love Quincy Jones and all those things. But then I, then I have to slap myself in the face <laughs> and go, yeah. no, motherfucker. It's my dad. Not, <laughs> no, it's, it's my dad yeah. and, and it's Dauno and it's Banel and it's Phoenix. It's my family, you know? Yeah, yeah. And also, of course, my, my, my other brother, Buddy, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, you know, Buddy Siolo, he's also been a big influence on, on a lot of things that I do because he's just musically is a brother, you know. So yeah. and we've done so many things together. So 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 that's uh, jumping forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, so when I was about I, I wasn't serious in the guitar till I was about 14. So when I came to when I was about to leave from Chile. And what happened was is that um, I discovered girls, you know. You start thinking, you start seeing that, you know, my dad was actually quite really well known. So people will see him on TV and stuff. And then people go, they'll come. I remember girls coming up to me. So do you play like your dad? I saw your dad on TV. Do you play like you? And I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, I play, you know. <laughs> you know? So, so, so I had to like start, I started learning songs and right. things. And then I then just naturally just became a thing. And I just got really into guitar. But I got really into electric guitar. So when I came, when we came to Australia and I was 14, well, by the time I turned 15, guitar was like what I was going to do. When I turned 16 and I got my first all study payment, because I'd never worked, I never had any money. And we were broke when we first arrived in Australia. Mm. But when I got my first all study payment, I was on the trading post looking. And then I went, I went and bought myself a secondhand electric guitar and a, a little amp from a girl somewhere near the house that happened to be selling one. Yep. So I went and picked it up and took it home. And um, that was the beginning of me playing electric guitar. Right. And um, and yeah, so so started, I got right into, I was, and this is because uh, a lot of it, this is because my dad was fuel, fueling us with Chick Corea and John McLaughlin, like having an orchestra, classical music, lots of pop, like he loved Queen and all these things. So we used to listen to all that kind of music all the time. So, um, yeah, so, so the things that the, when I started playing electric guitar when I was 16, um, Steve Vai was my biggest sort of, uh, things that I loved. I fell in love with Steve Vai, you know, cause he was, when, when I was, when he came out with Passion and Warfare, that mm -hmm. album, which, mm -hmm. which is his big album, you know, his biggest yeah, yeah. album, you know, I was 16, you know? So yeah. it was like, to me, that was like, I've never seen any, and I don't think many people ever seen anything like it, you know, yeah. and the playing style, the whole showmanship. They, they, you know, when I saw Crossroads, I lost my mind, you know, it was yeah. like all those things, you know, all big influences in, in what I wanted to do. So I started fully following that, you know, I wanted to play like that. So I started playing like that, you know, I was playing a lot of lead guitar and tapping and whammy bar and all that shit, you yeah. know, that's what I, I, I started doing. And I started, we started playing with Dauno. Mm -hmm. Dauno was like 12 and Dauno was playing bass. I bought him his first bass. And um, and me and him, we started playing. And we played with this other Chilean guy um, who was a drummer, and um, his name was Christian. And um, and he was another amazing guy, man. He was like 15 years old. He was a year younger than me. Never played a drum kit. Never had a drum kit, but he wanted to play with us. And then he got a drum kit, and he was able to play straight away. One of those. We one of those one bastards. Of, <laughs> one of those bastards, man. <sighs> Picked it up and and then we were on the same trip. Like we were, he was into the band Yes and Led Zeppelin, and so I got right into those bands too. You know, during that time, the the, the whole so our music, the music that we were doing, me down on Christian, it was instrumental, 
and it was all trippy shit. You know, we were like tripping out, you know, it was like lots of effects and brown and solos that went on forever. Yeah. You know, I don't even know how I used to do solos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what drugs I was on. I wasn't yeah. on drugs, but I don't know what yeah. mental drugs I was on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was the vibe. And um, then that band broke up, you know, like we didn't, we, we, it, it just kind of faded away. And by the time I was 18, 19, 20, uh, somewhere around there, I couldn't afford to go to the Institute of Music. So it was like something we couldn't afford. We, we didn't have money. My family, we didn't have any money. You know, we were broke when we were growing up, you know. And um, I, um, I went to TAFE and I did a little um, uh, uh, music course there. And it was kind of pretty challenging because it was challenging because I could really play, you know, like at the time I was like really sharp on the electric guitar on solo and all that kind of stuff. So I felt like I, I felt like I was above, you know, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, it was just my, my young mind not knowing any further, you know? Yeah. And, um, but one of the greatest things was, um, I realized that, I, um, that you could actually record with software, uh-huh. you know, you could use software to record and make music. What year was that? That would have been mid nineties. Okay. Yeah. Mid nineties. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> And uh, well, before that, we had a four track. So we used to, I used to, we used to experiment recording ideas on four tracks and stuff. But in the mid 90s, like I went to, I went there and I discovered that I could do all these things on software. So I went and bought Cubase. So I got Cubase on a, on a, on a, on an Atari mm-hmm. for, for, that lasted for a couple of months, I remember. And then I bought a, a laptop. A friend of mine hooked me up with an awesome laptop, IBM laptop that I had. And we started making music there. And I, and you used to be able, we used to be able to sample. So, so Cubase used to have, it was called Cubase Audio mm-hmm. XT. I think it was Audio XT. That was the name of it. And then you could add, you had eight tracks of audio, but you could not record anything. You know, it was the time where those features were there. The software was way more advanced than yeah, the hardware. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. the software was like five years more advanced. Than the software. And it's, it was been always like that for a long time, but not, I think now is more, even, but before that was always the software was way advanced of the hardware. So you could, you were supposed to be able to record, but you couldn't record anything, you know, like you press record and it'll be like, it was, it, there was no, the sound cuts were made to record. And it was yeah. like, it was, we, I used to record little ideas on a sound cut that was half duplex. I don't know if you know what that means, mm-hmm. but half duplex means that it'll record, it'll play back like at eight beat, yeah. right? Yeah. And you record in, like at 16 beat it was yeah that's that's it so when you heard back when you press play to when you press record you hear things like (laughs) (laughs) so you had to kind of semi guess what was going on yeah so it was like cool just to like put a little sample you know so we started sampling you know we started using it for sampling and um yeah and then like slowly started kind of it turned into a thing where where Cubase, you know became a Cubase VST where it was a studio you know so I started getting right into that that changed my whole world because all of a sudden I could record things and make a record at home, you know? Yeah. Like in those years, you know, so we were doing things like that. Um, I did a lot of recordings back then. I did heaps of stuff. And um, worked with, with a lot of people. I used to do a lot of demos for people and, you know, kind of like what I'm doing now, but at a small scale, you know, like from my bedroom, you know? So I was doing heaps of stuff in the early 2000s, you know, and, and, and lots of things. I stopped kind of I didn't stop playing but I was like not really into playing for a long time because I was doing I was so into that mm. yeah 
then the the shift happened. You know, I started playing more, and we started playing with my dad down or uh, as a trio, and um, and that really took off. We re- we made a record. It's called New Timber, and um, we did lots of festivals. We played with a lot of people. We did supported so many things. We did all the f- the festival blues festivals, and tour around Australia. It was we we did a lot with the trio. Mm. The trio did a lot of a lot of great gigs and uh, lots of functions. We, we, it was a full time gig and we were getting paid well, you know. Mm. So it was it was great. Um, and we were playing original instrumental music out of all things, you know. So it was kind of pretty crazy that we're actually doing so many things that normally they will have singers and and that kind of thing, you know. We were doing our things, so it was great for a long time. Mm. Um, like everything, you know, they, they, as, as we've all seen it, the the industry has changed a lot. And those gigs kind of disappeared for us, you know. So, mm. so we started venturing down. Or when even first he started doing more cover gigs slowly, and I I started doing a lot of cover gigs too. I followed shortly with that. Um, and that's and that pretty much got me through for for a number of years. And then I started playing with Daryl Beaton. Um, me and Downo and Phoenix came into the picture. My brother Phoenix. Um, but before, sorry, before that. Um, the Martinez Acoustica trio became, we started playing as a band with Kevin Mendoza, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Mendoza, mm-hmm. drummer. So he joined us and then my little brother, Banel also joined Banel Martinez. So, he, so it was a full family thing with Kevin and we record, we did a, we also did a CD with that. And, um, and um, in between, in, in, during that time that kind of started dying off and we started playing with Daryl Beaton. So myself, um, Down of Phoenix, and Daryl, we started doing this thing with Kevin too. And then Yanya Boston joined in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were all playing. We, we did that for a number of years. We went to Japan. And then also with Martinez Acoustica, we went to Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we t- we do quite a few tours over there with Martinez Acoustica. We did TV appearances there. We had a record release over there. The same New Team album, we re- it got released over there. And it went and it went national over there. It was sold wow. in all, all the... Uh, What's it called? That the big shop over there, uh, Tower Records. Mm-hmm. So I was in Tower Records, and and we did a we did showcases for Tower Records and all these sorts of things. So it was pretty fun times, you know. Mm. Um, did you did you feel famous? Was it like that? Did you have? No, no, no. no it was never fa- It was never like that. Mm-hmm. It was uh, never. It never. We never got to the le- to that level. We just we were just you know uh, original artists playing mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. You know, so it never got to. to it was never like. You know, there was no fame as such. Uh, okay, it was because I know was, I know in in Asia some acts that might be sort of um in sub yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, not not sort of famous here, and they they go to oh Asia yeah, they're gonna be huge that, over there. Yeah, yeah, totally. like, yeah. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah so no, 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 no. We we did we did well. We did well, but it was never you know it was never a uh, 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 fame thing. I had I, I didn't have any chicks running behind me at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and um yeah so we did that for a few years and um and and in between playing with daryl which which has been always on and still every now and then we do things with daryl yeah now with it originally with yeah. the, playing original music and that that was that was great fun i i got to i got to record and, and co-produce that record um I mix it mm-hmm. mix it and co-produce it with him so that was a lot of fun um uh what, yeah, that's that's uh, that shortly after that, in 2011, I met Buddy. So, 
first of December, buddy comes to my place. So I, I met him at a gig just before and I said, Hey bro, you, you know, do you want to come down and we can do some tracks together? And, um, he came out, I played him some stuff and he was right in turn and we recorded, we recorded the first single that we did, the get up and get up on your feet and testify. Yep. Yep. We recorded that on the first day that he came over to, 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 we just, we were just, he was just coming out to hang. Yep. I had a listen to her and we put the vocals straight away down and then we had the vocals down off the track. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So we basically got in there and we started recording like crazy, you know, we were recording songs, song after song, you know, mm. uh, we got, they still got a lot of songs there on the computer that we need to, we need to finalize. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool but uh but uh yeah we've we've done a lot of things um and and that's the pretty much the beginning of gang of brothers you yep. know when we started gang of brothers which is myself uh banel the other guitar player mm-hmm. phoenix on keys down on bass uh buddy on on drums and vocals and um and that kind of kicked off in 2011 uh 2012 we kind of we went to town with all the original stuff and we did a lot of original gigs 2013 same sort of thing and mm-hmm. in between that we were also doing a lot of cover gigs with the with the band with mm-hmm. gang of brothers so that kind of started taking over the covers and uh we've done and and that's kind of because we needed to be paid you know it yeah, was it was a it was a situation where, F- where families and that kind of stuff yep everybody's family started growing you know like mm-hmm. um you know we all kind of uh, you know, as you get older, you know, we all throughout the years, you know, I mean, we're going back nine, nine and a half years now to, uh, since that happened. So um, it's, it's everybody, I mean, buddies had more kids mm-hmm. since uh, Phoenix had a kid, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've been with Lily now for six and a half years, six mm-hmm. years. Um, so lots of changes in everybody's lives. Um, and, um, yeah, so um, the the beauty of it is that we've all been able to kind of keep going with the music, and I'm working hard. Everybody works hard. Yeah. All my brothers and buddy, all hard workers and committed to the craft as much as they can, and um, and as myself, I am too. And um, and as things progress, you know, like I was, I was one of the the first big jobs that I got back from. I was doing jobs all the time in the studio. Mm. Uh, after that, and uh, one of the biggest jobs that, uh, that that they came through was actually to mix some Veneno album. You know, some Veneno, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're Carlos Imagers band with the Marine with Marine brothers, Steve Marine and Cesar Marine. Steve, Amazing. Was, Steve was episode one of the Good oh, Boy no podcast. Way. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. No, Steve's awesome, and on. Those two brothers are amazing musicians, yep. you know, like I really respect all of them and, and Ricky, the guitar player. And of course, Carlos, that I take my hat off to him all the time because I, I I don't know many people that ask, that have what he has, you know, mm. musically and talent and, and, and creatively, you know. And um, yeah, so that kind of, so I worked on that record, um, mixing it because they had pre-recorded a lot of it. 90% was pre-recorded. So we just recorded a few extra things and then I mixed the whole album. And that was so much fun. I had so much fun doing that, which um, made me really rethink at the time, made me rethink of what I wanted to do. But mm. because I was so busy with gigs, it was really hard to kind of commit my time to just be recording. So every time I kind of, something will start, something will fail. You know? so yeah, because right. I'll be like, I'll be so busy with records. So things will get put in the back burner all the time. In between those times, I did a track for Jeremy Gregory. We did a, I did a track for him. Um, Seasons, it's called the songs. The song that, that I wrote that with him and 
and we recorded um, at the studio and we did all that stuff. And um, and um, yeah, and 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 then I we moved about three, two, two and a half years ago, three years ago, mm-hmm. we moved to this house here where, I'm, where I am now in San Susi. Mm-hmm. And because uh, uh, me and Lily, we moved in together mm-hmm. back, uh, then, you know, we were, we were we weren't living together at the time and we wanted to live together. And then we found this place and we were looking for a place somewhere where we could set up a studio mm-hmm. and and then this place came up and it had this extra room in yeah. the back that, that we could use as a recording studio. And I looked, I looked at the place and I saw the room and I went, that's it. <laughs> that's a studio. So yeah, so so um so that's how these the the actual studio Martinez Productions as an actual studio has come about. Because it was always a struggle finding somewhere to be where you could actually live in and have a studio. Yeah. Uh, and yep. and not have to pay some crazy rent somewhere else for right. a room and then you know feeling be, that extra pressure of that. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. I, it wasn't worth it because I was too busy doing too many things, you know. Mm. So now that um that this has become the focus is great, you know. I really enjoy being able to make music because it's kind of like a different side of 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 it's it's as beautiful as playing live, you know. It's, yeah. uh, uh that's how I see it. Without know? without the lug. <laughs> without the, well, yeah. Oh, I suppose uh, it's a little lug sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it's more the mental lug though. It's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right, it's, uh, right. Yeah, it's a lot of it's 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 a lot of hours though. You know, like it's uh, the commitment to to record something and to mix it and to edit it and to fix and mm. to retake and then to <laughs> process and then I'm not sure if I like the mix. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so gotcha. All that kind of stuff. You know, it's like a, a lot of time consuming and of course the never ending pot of buying gear. That never ends. Now that's another thing that we can talk about if you want, man. Like totally, that. I've got, I've got uh, a bunch of bunch of questions here, and mm. um, you know, talking about engineering and audio stuff mm. and um, yeah, producing and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So go for it. Yeah, it's cool. We've kind of got through your timeline there, so this is good. Mm. We can we can focus on this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And not sure. sort of get lost to where we were. One yeah, thing, yeah. one thing I wanted to go back to, but I, I didn't mm. want to. I didn't want to stop your flow. Mm. When you were on tour with your dad, watching him play and, and seeing all that, that adoration of the, the fans and, and, you know, you were kind of going, oh, man, this is it. Did yeah. you ever want to be that guy, though? Did you want to be that guy with the fans and the um and the adoration or did you just want to – you wanted to play? Look, I think I think every musician that plays and and – that finds an influence to be to give your art out. Mm. Not every musician, of course. I'm I'm generalizing, mm. you know. But uh, but I think every, every, you know we all dream of fame and fame and fortune is kind of like you know we w- we would all you know that's why we you know when we idolize a, a star you know especially when you're in the music and you love music and you say wow how I wish I could be in that band you know like it would be so amazing to be in whatever let's say playing Queen or you know play we play be the the, the guitar player for Michael Jackson mm. <laughs> you know being Bruno Mars band or whatever you yeah, know yeah. anything mm. it's it's always about that so did I want to be that guy I'm not sure if I want to I, I mean if if he would land it on my feet. I will take it a hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's, I mean, you can look at the positive and, and the negatives of that, but uh, I, I think as long as you have a level head and, and you're doing it for the right reasons and 
you, you, it's all beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Perfect. Mm. Perfect. Mm. Mm. All right. Let's um, let's um, dig a little bit deeper into the whole audio production stuff. I just want to sure. go back to you're talking about Cubase. Um, mm. I started recording in the late nineties. I had a little Tascam four track, which you still got it. Oh man, well that's mad. Actually, I want to pull it out. Oh yeah, I know those ones. These are dust on it. Far out. <laughs> yeah, I I know those ones, man. Yeah. But, yeah, you, but you, could, I, you couldn't bounce your tracks on these ones. So it was just, it was just straight up the four, oh, okay, the four yeah, tracks, yeah, sure. you know. So sure. <clears throat> where I was living, I had this little house underneath the underneath the um, <clears throat> underneath the uh, sorry, this little room underneath the carport, and I used to sit down in there with that thing, and I had one SM58 mic, I had my acoustic guitar, mm. um, I got a little Rhythm Doctor drum machine. Yeah. Yep. So I'd have. I'd have my vocal and guitar on one track and mm. then I'd have this drum machine on the other track and, you know, I used to write down there. And then I can't remember what the first door I got was. I mean, it was on a PC and it was something and I, I remember I bought it at, it was Harvey Norman, mm. some software. So I ended up buying that and it was really, really limited. Um, and I can't, oh, I saw this ad in the community college magazine, um, learn Cubase, and I'd heard about Cubase, so I went and did this community college course, mm. right, all on Cubase, and it was on these old Macs. You know the old Mac with the the, the like, green one. The, no, it had like the bubble, bo- like it looked like a robot. Oh, yeah, you know, that's, that's the, I, the, the old iMacs. Yeah, the old iMacs, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so it was on that. So that kind of, for one, introduced me to Cubase, and mm. then two, it introduced me to Mac. So anyway, I couldn't afford the Mac, so I went and got Cubase and yeah, just started recording and yeah, wrote wrote a whole bunch of stuff on on Cubase and then yeah, yeah, one day got a Mac and Mac had GarageBand on it and went from went the whole GarageBand logic yeah 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 totally root you know yeah 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 mm. yeah so that's my sort of recording story anyway back to you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, that's bad man I, yeah, well, that's yeah. normally what happens man yeah, I, yeah. my my story is pretty much the same. Mm. It's, it's, uh, you know, we went from four track to, um, to, I mean, I went from recording to stereotype, you know, yeah, with, yeah. A, with a, like, like recording to decks, yep. you know, pressing, recording some ideas and then playing on top or, yep. you know, coming out. And then I went from that to, um, a four track, mm-hmm. my dad put a four track and we started, we all, me and between me and down and we we're fighting for the four track all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, and then the co- computer with Cubes and then me and down will use it. So we'll have to end it up being more like a thing where I'll open the door to go and use it. I'll be like, ah, oh, fuck down using it. <laughs> down will open the door. I'll be like, ah, oh, fuck he's using it. <laughs> so we used to like, you know, share the thing, you know? Yeah. And then Phoenix, got into it he started playing keys my little brother phoenix started playing keys and mm. then and then he started using it he started you know every time we turned around he'll be in there like playing the keyboard yeah and then yeah. it just became a thing so it was it's uh it's been a good thing man yeah people always talk about you know what's the favorite part of recording and all sorts of stuff what do, what do you find the most challenging part let's talk about Ch- yeah what, challenging yeah oh, look this, I think they're all challenging. Mm. They're, they're challenging from the moment you open the door and then somebody else is in the room. Okay. So the whole thing is a challenge, but right. it's just how, so it starts just, with the people. Obviously, starts with the people. 
Yeah, 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 but uh, but I think it's 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 depends on so because some challenges are awesome, you know, like you just mm. won the challenge, you know. Some challenges are not so awesome, you know. You just like you can't wait for this challenge to be over. Yeah, you know. So, what is the most challenging thing? Um, I guess the most challenging thing has been because, if I'm really honest, it, it, I'll say that it's been because I've never really like, you know. Both my mom and my dad, you know, they were they, they went rich, you know. They, 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 my dad was an artist and he was a musician and, you know, the life of a musician, especially what he did. And plus he had five kids, you know. Mm. So it's it's in we he did very well in Chile as a, as a musician, very lucky. But when we came here, it was a reset, start again. Everything, everything. There was like no one knew him, you know. We'd, we we were, you know, little aliens in Sydney, mm-hmm. you know. That's, that's what we were. And uh, no English, not a word of English. No, none of us spoke English, man. Right. Uh, we we came to the hostel. We let we arrived at the hostel in Villawood uh, as migrants, and um, then we moved into a house and started going to school. And um, yeah, it's it was the whole thing was a challenge, man. Uh, um, but yeah, having said that, where where I'm going with the point with that point is that. I've I've had to 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 find ways as as a musician and and all my brothers is the same thing. We've all had to find our ways to be able to afford the things that we want. Mm. Find the way, find the find the path. So when I when I recorded, for example, the first things that I recorded many years ago, it was all with very basic tools. I had no things, but I had the will to want to to do it, and I, the will to know, and the will to to keep going, and the will to not stop, and to never give up. Mm-hmm. You know. That was the that was the that was that was the 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 challenge I think the biggest challenge ever is not to stop you know or well, I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's a challenge or, or what it is but I think I see that as the challenge to not give up and um, as I kept going um, when I recorded for example when we recorded Martinez acoustic album and Martinez electric band album I had. I didn't have a lot of tools to to do those things, you know. Mm. The plugins weren't up to date. I didn't have outboard gear like beautiful preamps and access to Neve consoles and nano. That shit, I didn't have none of that shit, you know. It was all through an interface and one road mic that I bought that I spent that I've got some money and I bought that and we used that and a couple of other mics. Then somebody lent me a mic, an extra mic to record, and that's how we recorded a lot of those things. When I did uh, Daryl's album. Same sort of thing, you know, like I didn't have, uh, there was some stuff that I had, but I didn't have a lot of things, you know. So was it, was it, all... a, was it a case of like knowing Where... how you wanted something to sound and knowing that there's the tools out there to do it? Was it like a frustration that you weren't able to get the result that you wanted because you, uh... you knew you didn't have the right gear? Was it that kind of no, frustration well, or well, obsession? Well, it was, a fr- it was a frustration, but I worked really hard at, 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 at polishing a, a, a sound to try and get, I yeah. was gonna say polishing a Pol- turd. Polish a turd, yeah, that's what I, <laughs> yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. Of. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna say that, but well, I said it. No, but I was, I worked really hard at, at, at working with this because the, 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 a lot of the times the performance and the playing was mad, mm. you know, but mm. uh, like with different things, you know, and uh, and uh, but the, I didn't have the right mics. For example, when we recorded with Gang of Brothers, when we did um, all the stuff that we've done that, that has been released, um, I had, I didn't have a good set of drum mics mm. you know i had some jts brand 
tom mics, which are cheap, you know, they're not, mm. you know, I had a, I, I had one decent kick drum mic and a, I had a SM57 for the snare. And then the other ones were a couple of road mics and, and that's, that was the setup. I'm going straight into an interface. You know, I didn't have a lot of preamps or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So the sound is not desirable. It's the sound was cold and sterile. So I had to work out really hard to okay. get that kick, that kick drum to, to mm -hmm. sound. I had to work really hard to get the bass to, to feel good and to sound decent, like a lot of processing over and over again. Yeah. I will spend my money buying ex great Marshall amps and vintage guitar and Fender amps, yeah. but I didn't have enough money to buy yeah. and to also be able to buy and, you know, a channel strip, a need channel strip or an Avalon channel strip. I didn't have that, this kind of money, you know, so it's all happened slowly, you know, but I knew in my head what I wanted to hear, but I just wasn't happening. So what I did is I work really hard at trying to get those sounds, trying to get those sounds to work. So the Gang of Brothers stuff that, that, that it's out there, it was recorded super limited with limited budget, you know, and at the time, uh, if I, if I can be really honest, when we recorded those things, it was probably the time that I was at the most broke financially. Mm -hmm. Because I lived in, I lived overseas for six months. I lived in Japan for six months just before that, mm -hmm. before we started recording. And when I came back, I had hardly any work. So it was like real struggle town for me during that time. So mm -hmm. I, ha I didn't have a lot of gear. I had limited things to, to work on. And, um, but when we started working with Brothers, things changed. You know, I started, you know, just the gigs started to come in. So it became a thing. And then we were able to kind of make some cash back. Yep. if that makes sense yeah totally and um because we've been working so hard you know my the, the whole the, all that has changed you know like i've been able to build a studio now with the, the beauty is with I, I i was gonna say my own effort but it's not true it's been mutual effort from from working with my brothers and working with with buddy you know uh, because if I didn't work with them, this would not have happened because gotcha. I wouldn't have the, 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 the able to, to do these things, you know. Mm. Um, it's, it's always, you know, mutual effort. And also the, the, the love and the respect that I have from, from Lily, you know. She gives me so much encouragement. Yeah, she's awesome, man. She's cool. She's, mm. she's, she's the most awesome person, you know. She's, um, she's always right behind me and I love working with her. And I've been doing her music doing yep. her tracks yeah so i've been producing all that stuff we have some new music coming soon with her that's cool so so which is really great and they're, they're great songs i if i can just go quickly into into her sure. um absolutely i love i love doing his songs because um because she's always has a message even though a lot of the a lot of it is in spanish so but even the english stuff that she's done it's always a message and it's always something that's relates to her life or or that she's she's touched by if that makes sense mm. so so there's always a message of for for her that that has has a meaning and i love that about her that uh, his songs are that all the songs that she's written and um yeah where where i am a little bit different i have written songs a lot and i write a lot you know i spend a lot a lot, a lot uh, i do a lot of writing um my songs more are more more about the vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like in, in, in the sense that when I, 
when I record and 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 play, if I'm making a song, because normally my head is in this the soul R and B vibe, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like my head when I'm writing things, you know, it's always got that kind of vibe, you know. So I'm always kind of in the in the in the zone of what the what the moment or what this kind of what what does this feel like, you know, rather than I have this poem of a lyric, you know. Yep, yep. I kind of work the other way. I know what you mean. I have I have this music and then what am I gonna say? Mm-hmm. Is it a dance floor thing? So I go on the dance floor. <laughs> so the lyrics <laughs> yeah. are relate to that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is it a is it a you know is it a you know is 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 it if it's love, you know, I just go depends on the angle and also how the how melodically it feels is how what the lyrics to me yep. feel, you know. So that's part of my writing in in the studio, and I've been able to do that a lot more lately because I've because of the lockdown, I have I've had more time, so I had more time to concentrate and do things and and open up my 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 vision to work with different people and do different things which is what i've always wanted to do i've always wanted to be a producer and i've always wanted to work with different people and and do all sorts of different things you know which is exciting i find Mm. it exciting to do those things so with that stuff that you've been writing are you planning to to take that stuff that you've written and use it with somebody else Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So, so, so like, you, there's not going to be a solo album. Can Can you announce yeah. it? Yeah. Look at Look at Look. Can I announce it? Look at. No, I'm just kidding. It's 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 Uh, It's I'm not. See, I'm not because I'm not sure yet yep. what's actually. Yep. There's stuff that's ready. I can tell you that much. Right. There's stuff that's ready, and I'm uh, I'm still kind of digesting which way I'm going to go with it about it. Whether it's going to be the Andrew Martinez meets Andrew and Andrew and Andrew, mm-hmm. or is it going to be um, uh, uh, somebody else? Because I have, because I'm, I'm, I'm working with singers mm-hmm. that, that are, that are, that are singing their songs. And, and like I said to you, one of the, one of the, one of the persons that I'm, I'm working with is this guy called Leroy and also Polini that we've been doing these tra- these tracks, these new tracks that I've been working on. Mm-hmm. And, um, because they suit them, you know, they, they, right. they, 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 that's how I hear it. I hear the tracks and I go, that, that suits them. When we've done the Gang of Brothers stuff, it's been a bit more kind of, it's a different kind of funk, you know? Yep, yep. So, so that I feel that that, that kind of, when, when that stuff, when we're doing that stuff that really suits Gang of Brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, also I've been working with some other people and the same thing, I'm always trying to kind of hear, when we work with Lily, those tracks suit Lily, gotcha. you know? It's, yep. it's, 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 a, it's a thing. So, so yeah, so, but so, to answer the the short question, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Cool. Yeah, I'm undefined. <laughs> undefined. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had uh, a uh, engineer, audio engineer, and producer on here a little while back, Anna, Anna Levity. She's Melbourne okay. Melbourne based producer, and I asked her this question because it, it mm. fascinates me. Talking about audio frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just have the knack of just being able to like hear a sound and know exactly what that frequency is, right? Whereas other people, they need to train themselves, you know, go through that whole from, you know, down from, from, uh, I don't know, 20 Hertz mm. up to so many kilohertz, right? You know, and they, mm. they train themselves to, to know those frequencies, right? Yep. Do you, are you... The person that can just um, naturally hear, say when you're doing a mix, um, yeah. 2K is a little bit too, you know, up a little bit. Can you just pick that that's 2K or do you have to kind of 
jump on that EQ and have a bit of a fish around and find out where that where that frequency is. Look, I I I have to before I answer that I have mm. to go to um I have to answer something else. Yeah, cool. Before that, because it relates to it. Cool. See, my and I have to mention my dad because my, because it relates to him too. <laughs> you know, I know it's, it's it has nothing to do with what I'm going to tell you, but it has to do with it because see, my dad's my dad knows a lot about theory when it comes to music, mm-hmm. right? So when he sees a when he sees a piece of music, he can interpret it, and then he can interpret the feeling of that piece of music and do all those things. I I have never really studied theory, musical theory properly. Mm-hmm. I've always been by ear. By ear, right? You know, like I know how to play chord charts and all that kind of stuff. It's no problem. I can work out music on recordings, and I've done a lot of session gigs like that because I listen to the songs. I went to the I went to the US to play with. With uh, George Benson and and all and all these amazing musicians, and I learned it all by ear. Mm-hmm. You know, I work it all out by ear. And um, and I don't think it's a I don't think it's a problem. Now, when it comes to frequencies and all those things, that's why I had to go there before I answer this. Yeah, yeah, cool. like, yep. When it comes to frequencies and all those things, this again the same. I'm by ear. I'm, it's by I'm, ear, right? You know, like like I know where the frequencies. I know where one k is, and I know what's happening at eight k. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening at two hundred hertz. You know, yep. like I know all those things. Um, when I'm hearing them, and I'm here working in the studio, I know where it is. Gotcha. But it's but but it's but I'm not. It's not like it's not like I'm walking around and I'm listening to music. Oh, oh yeah, that should you know. The, the, there's two k. There's a problem with two k yep, in, yep, yep. in that recording. I never do that. I never like. But I can hear it. I go. Oh yeah, there's an issue with those frequencies are somewhere around there. I know, I know where it somewhere. is. Yeah. Yep. I know, I know where it is. So the moment I go in there, I start working on there. Now, my mixing style has changed. I will say in the last year, mm-hmm. quite a lot, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I started working with this thing called Console One, mm-hmm. right? Which is by Softube. Um, the beauty of Console One is that it's hands-on. You know, it's it's a hands-on tool. It's a it's a controller. Yep, it's a tactile uh, control. Yep, right. That's right. Yep, and it's a full channel strip. So basically, you have you start from your. Uh, um, I don't know if you want to hear about this. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll please, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you start from input, then you got your low cut and high hat, high cut, and then you got shape, which is all your gates. Mm-hmm. Then you got your equalizer, compressor, and then you got your drive section, which you know sim- simulates the drive of the of a analog console. Yep. And um, then your volume, and then it has a fader part of it, which I bought. And um, there's different channel strips. Anyway, so before this, before I bought console one, I would use what everybody else did, you know, which is, you know, you, you know I, I, which I still do, of course. I still mm. use it. So so um, um, I use a lot of the universal audio plugins. Mm-hmm. So I use so all the, the Neves and yep. the SSLs and all that kind of stuff that comes in it. So you'll, you'll be with the mouse there, flicking, trying to get a sound. <laughs> and then you'll go and find, you go, oh, yeah, I'll just listen to that preset. Oh, yeah, that preset kind of sounds all right on this, you know, and then you kind of shape it away from the preset, right? Yep. Now, what I find is that when I used to do that, and because, because we all do that, because it's because the mouse slows you down, mm. especially when you've got a huge mix that you're going to mix, when you've got like 25 tracks. Mm. And that's not a huge mix, but let's say just, Let's even just go down to 16 tracks. Yep. And let's say you've got a, 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 a basic drum, bass, keys, vocals, guitar, you know, that kind of thing. Now, when you're going to mix all that and you're going to try and find the frequencies and you're going to make it sound good, 
it's it's really hard when you're working with us with 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 little knobs and 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 an interface that's like it, nothing is really designed to to work on the spot with it. You know, you're not working hands on old school. You know, like yep. you know, or hardware. You know, you can work old school. So with the with the with the console one, I've been able to stay totally away from presets at all. Mm. It's all musical for me mm-hmm. now. It's all musical. It's I'm working with the sound. I'm not working with somebody else's idea of what a 909 or 808 should be EQ'd. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I'm working with my own idea of what it should sound like. Mm-hmm. Uh, my own compression feel that I feel that it should, you know, where they, where, where it should sit. Um, everything is just, everything is just by, you know, you're really using your ear. That's what I find. So going back to the frequency thing that you, that we're talking about, mm. I understand it even more because of this thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that because I'm actually watching and I'm seeing the frequency where it sits and I know where it is. And I know, yep. okay. That, you know, it's that. off to the left or it's in the middle yeah. or it's, yeah, yeah. That's I gotcha. right. I, gotcha. I, know, I know that shaker is right there. You know, it's like an AK. If I push that AK, I'm going to be able to hear that little, that the yep. in the shaker a little bit more. Yep. So I've, I've learned to kind of understand all those things more because of this. Because the, on the other planes, like I said, they're hard to kind of because you're not able to use two knobs at once. You know, you you're moving one mouse and then you find it. You kind of go, oh yeah, I think that sounds alright. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's made me a lot better as a mixing engineer. So I've been able to. I feel that when I mix things, uh, uh, they they sound better and they feel better. They they, they 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 the whole thing. And a big part of it too is that also um, um, my gear collection has increased dramatically. Yeah. Mm. So I have a lot of things, you know, I have a lot of of beautiful vintage Neumann mics and new things. I've got lots of output now. I've got some Neve stuff, uh, Avalon, JLM audio, heaps of things, you know, like there's Mm. lots of stuff. Plus I've got a collection of keyboards that you can see. You can see in the the image, I got drum machines and like all really handpicked stuff. I picked everything handpicked because I want, I want the stuff that sounds the best, you know, Mm. to, to do the job. Um, and that's helped me a lot. That's helped me a lot because because a lot of things that I, that I that are, like I said I used to struggle to find the sound mm. that I knew what what was missing. Now I, when I when I sometimes when I go through these things and I use the right mic and I know it's right there. That's the sound that I was looking for. I don't right. have to EQ that in. Right. Try and find that frequency. You know, like all those things. You know. Um, yeah. Have you ever or do you ever mix with your eyes? What I mean by that mm. is. You know the digital EQs that we get. We get a nice graphic. Mm. Like I've got the Fab Filter Pro Q, yeah. and I use yeah. that. I use that for you know that's my that's my go to EQ for editing my sure, podcast. Sure. And I've got sure. a Waves uh, SSL um, yep. bus compressor. That's my compressor. Yep. I use that for everything. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that EQ mm. sometimes you know I'll have to do some mixing of the podcast, and it's I I, I don't have the opportunity to crank my headphones up or sit in my studio with my speakers. So I'll pull the EQ and, and I can I can look at that EQ and know what I have to pull out, you know. 600's got to come down. There's way yeah. too much bottom end there. So you can see it, you know. So, yeah. you know, just drop a filter in there and pull it out. Do you find yourself using your eyes sometimes to mix? Oh, a lot. A yeah, lot. okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot. So it's both. It's, yeah. a, it's visual and eyes. Also – Having the right monitoring, it's a it's totally. a big one. But but yeah. depends what you're doing, of course. Like what you're doing, you have you what you're doing in fixing the sound for the podcast and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You got 
you got that down pat, you know, mm-hmm. you, you understand what you're doing, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's like everything, you know, like with music here, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I learn every day more and more. Yeah. I feel like my ears open up more and more every day in different ways, you know, like in different things, things that I, you know, th- frequencies, sounds that I didn't understand before. I understand them more now. And, um, coloration, mm. big one. That's a big one. Yep. Coloration, you know, yep. like I'm understanding that more and more. And um, also um, real versus digital, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but that again, the same thing, analog versus digital. Yep. Um, I've, 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 I've worked, I work really hard on, on, on my collection of uh, guitar amps, you know, uh, getting like a nice collection of guitar amps and all that kind of stuff. So it's for me, like having the digital version of, of a guitar amp, sometimes it's really hard because I've been using I've got, I own a real JTM 45 right. from the sixties, you know, I right. own a real Plexi from 68, you know, uh, sorry, 69. Mm-hmm. Um, I own a, you know, a, a real blackface Fender Super River. So I know what they sound like, mm-hmm. the real thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I have them. So I'm able to record those sounds. So it's, uh, it's, that's, that's things I, w- I wanted to have for a studio to be mainly because I want them. It's not mm. because I'm a big. I never was looking at being a commercial studio like three hundred one. That was never my 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 right. intention. Gotcha. Uh, that's never never been my intention. If it ever happened and it got to that level, great, you know. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's always been because I want these things for me because I want to use them in my music. That's you know? it. And mm. then when I make music for other people, they get to use them too. Mm. You know. There. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever seen one of these? Oh, it's for people that can't see. I'm holding up a. It's actually a sub pack oh. S two, and what oh. it is. Yeah, I've yeah, seen them. It's a it's a tactile sub bass system, right? Yeah, and you strap it to your chair, and yep. you you um you're out you just pull an output from your um um. So I've got an Apollo twin, so yep. I, I I have an output coming from my headphone jack. Uh, oh, sorry, my headphone headphone input in my Apollo, and it come it comes to the input of um of the sub pack. Ooh. And basically, what it does, it you feel you feel the sub bass because I'm in a little room, and mm. I've got little um, Yamaha HS10 speakers which have hardly got any bottom end. So yep. I bought this when I when I recorded and and mixed my EP. Um, awesome. I was having to do it at night time, and and like before I got this, I, I would send some music away to a mate to have listened to, and he go, "Oh man, it's so boomy." Like your bottom end is just so full on, and I'm like, oh, I can't hear it. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And this is before I could see it, you know. Yeah. So um, I made a mindset. Hey, check out this um, sub pack, S2 sub pack. So and I bought like this it? thing. Oh, mate, it's incredible. Um, I don't. Yeah, right. I don't use it. So uh, next time I see you, you can borrow it, man. Have a I'll have, have a whirl. It it. Yeah, I've I've, se- I've seen it, but yeah. I never I never used one. Yeah, man, it's um. It's incredible, and you can you can adjust the um, the uh, intensity of it, but you know yeah. you can you can like with a say just with an audio like an audio track, so say a, a vocal track, and you know there's not supposed to be sort of anything less than 50, 50 hertz in there, you know, for the, for mm. a particular song you're doing, you just you just turn this thing on and you can feel that 50, 50 hertz like buzzing on your back. So you know it's there, you know, because you haven't got Ooh. your volume up. You can't hear it through your speakers. And I haven't got a sub in here. It's just these two little speakers. So that's what this thing's for. It's it's 
It's awesome, fantastic. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, so yeah. That's, that's awesome. I'd love to check it out. Yeah. 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 Thanks, man. That's cool. Um, what are your thoughts on those web-based algorithm mixing and mastering software things like Lander? You know, have you heard, you heard of those things where you can like get get your track and you upload it to the site? Um, you tell it what kind of intensity it does it, and it masters that track for you on the spot and sends you back the track. I've I've seen that stuff. Yep. Um, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's like, again, you know, it's like, here's the, here's the question is how do we evolve mm. to this new world? You know, right. that's uh, so, so I can bag it out because, yeah. because I like to bag it out, Yeah. but, but, <laughs> but, 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 it, but it's how do we evolve yeah. so that way we can stay current in that situation because all those things are becoming more and more, you know, the, the more and more real, you know, mm. it's, uh, you know, like only a couple of years ago, um, Spotify wasn't around. Yeah, right. Only a couple of years ago, mm. you could still you, people were going to record stores. You know, mm. Mm. Um, you know, it's like you, if you think about it, how much has have things changed? Mm. So, if those things become a new norm, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a hard one. Yeah. Again, you know, it's always you know it's always going to come out come down to this certain people that are going to use those services, mm. and there's certain people that are going to want. You know, I want that guy to actually master my record That's or my record because, because he I know that he does a really great job at doing that and then you you and then they're gonna go and do that. Mm. Some other people are not, you know, some other people that it, it, it doesn't matter to them. And is it a good thing, a bad thing? I'm not sure. I mean uh, the, the final product will only really tell you whether it sounds great or not. That's it. Um I think you know, the people I'm I'm not bagging everyone that uses it. I mean I I, I did trial it once. Mm. Um how and, was your and, experience? To me, um, everything that I tried it on, it yeah. came back sounding really, really harsh. And yeah, I'd, I mean, try, I'd try all the different settings and whatever whatever it would let me change, I'd change it on one yep. particular. And it had nah, ended up sounding like nothing that, that I'd mixed. Yeah, you know, it well, just took it go. completely somewhere else. It definitely brought your volume up, of course, and your level. And that yep. might be okay for demos and that kind of stuff, chucking up on SoundCloud, you know, or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the fear is that if it gets used too much, you know, the younger people coming up and that's all they use, mm. they'll get used to that sound. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's the thing. It's a, it's a, it's a. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure really what to say about that stuff, man. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, I, I like real people. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> for for some things, you know. For yeah, some things, yeah, I gotcha. Um, uh-huh. Do you have a do you have some go to reference music material that that you use that I listen to? Yeah, when you're mixing something, or uh, or, or do you sometimes have your your clients come in and say, yeah, I, I kind of want the mix to sound a little I, bit I, like this. I get I get that a lot. Yep, I get that a lot, and I think. Uh, um, it's it's always good to have a reference and like, for example, I was listening when when we were mixing. Um, I'll go back to for example Carlos' mm-hmm. album when we were mixing that or or some Veneno. There was a couple of things that we that we looked at as reference, you know, mm-hmm. and only because because I had I, before that I had really I've mixed before that I've mixed um, stuff more like soul music and R and B music, you know. Yep. Yep. And then all of a sudden I had to mix Latin music yep, and right. the approach is, and the approach is different, man. Okay. It's a different approach. It's like, 
you have to really think about you, you, the, the placement of the instruments is different too. You know, that bell has to really cut through, you know, it has to mm. be round and warm. You mm. know, it's mm. not like in other music where it's the bell is something else, you know, yep. um, the, the percussion where it sits, he has to sit right. You know, the mm. congas have to have the slap, you know, you have to hear all these things in the horns have to be at the same volume as the vocals, you know, they have yeah, to be right. right there on top. You know, they're part of they, they're almost like a vocal line. Right. So you have right. to think about that's that's what I understood, you know, in some of them, some of things, you know, like there was different things that I had to understand and and the 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 way they they need to cut through the mix, you know, and all all these things, how how to warm things up when the recording has, you know, it's it's you know you're trying to round things round the sound and make it fat, you know, mm. when it's not fat, you know, right. Um, find those frequencies to make those those trumpets not sound like, you know, like a like. Really piercing, you know. Yep, yep. Find it so it sounds round. It's all these things I learned a lot on doing that, you know. So, um, if, yeah, that that there were examples there. Whenever I've I've got a few things that are sometimes I got to listen to. I reference a lot back. Sometimes depends on what I'm doing, you know. Like if if it's something that I'm doing where it's like live instruments and it's kind of you know on the funky side and soul soul stuff, you know. I mean, I'll reference back to. A lot of the Quincy Joe stuff that he's done, you know, like with Michael Jackson and all those things. I love those. I love those recordings, you know. Uh, I love how they they sit in that in that kind of in that genre of music, you know. There's other things that I listen to, like when I'm doing this, I've, I've you know, even though it's a bad name to say nowadays, but the stuff that R. Kelly has done that sounds sonically sounds fucking amazing, you know. Mm. It's just the vocals, the placement, and the music, and you just put the headphones, and it's like far out that's r&b you know that's right. how that right. shit should sound like you know you hear it and it's like amazingly done you know um heaps of he, heaps of things uh, uh there's some michelle and joe shello stuff sometimes i listen to mm-hmm. there's a there's a that track jesus jesus you know the one i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah yeah that track i always i like listening to that because that, that sonically to me i always hear things in that track uh, right sometimes other things you know like I, I, there's a whole bunch of things that i listen i like listening to old school stuff depends on what i'm recording yeah, right. where, where, where i'm putting my head out where and where i'm where i'm at you know musically mm. you know mm. yeah. yeah if i'm recording guitars you know like electric guitars i'll go listen to that kind of stuff from from gonna record that or you know i'll try and get in the zone of that and try and listen more on that kind of music so that way i'm I, I'm, I give him justice. You know? mm. It's very hard to to record classical guitar. Yeah, right. Very hard to pull that sound so that it sounds, you know, so, so that it sounds like a winning sound. You know, it's not just a guitar with nylon strings. Yeah, you, know? you got to yeah, trying to catch the whole thing, aren't you? Like all the 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 timbre of the instrument plus the sliding fingers <laughs> and the the nails and the the whole all that. Yeah, the whole, and and that. and and. It, and Every instrument is is the same, man. Like trying to mm. capture that snare drum to sound glorious, mm. it's f- bloody hard, man. It's not easy. So all those th- are challenges, and every time I'm doing it, it's always a challenge. Even mm. when I'm like, even not recording, like when I'm making a beat here like, with machine or doing it, I'm trying to find a snare or find a kick or a hat that mm. works with the song. Yeah, like just that you go into a, you go into a hall where you're looking for a sound. When I'm working with the synths, I'm trying to find a synth sound at the pad that I can hear it in my head, but I can't find it. I have to find it and try and make it, you know, yeah, try and make something that, awesome. and then you end up with a sound. You go, fuck, it's there, yeah. found it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then it's like all of a sudden, as you know, I mean, like sometimes it's like the, if you find the right sound, sometimes it makes this song. Totally, yeah. You yeah. know, mm. it's it's like 
you know, even just a delay, the right delay, you use the right delay, all of a sudden it's like it's made the song before the before you put that delay on the song didn't sound right. Mm. The delay on it's like yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. You, you can almost hear these days the songs that have grabbed preset number such and such on that sauce synth and preset yeah. such and such on that compressor. And mm. you can almost hear it, eh? It's almost becoming a generic sound in some cases, but then the music that um, you can tell when someone's gone into sound design, eh? They've, they've, they've found yeah. that sound. They've, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They've got yeah, that I mean, patch, I... but that patch doesn't sound right. So they've made that work, not with a preset, you know, they've worked the filters on the synth or, or something, something yeah, not generic, 100. you know, found 100%. that sound to suit that song, you know. A hundred percent. And it's all, that's what it's all about. It's about, it's about, well, the, the thing is that it's, it's a hard thing to say, to, to answer it, man, because I always find it like difficult to kind of talk about that, 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 that part of, that part of production, because just because someone doesn't go deep into finding the right sound, doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that the song is great or doesn't mean that the song's shit, mm-hmm. you know, to yep. me, it's a, to me, it's a combination of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So some people are really good at writing songs and making making them great, and some people are really good at pulling sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are really great at you know get, laying down a groove, but they're not great at you know writing or something. Mm-hmm. Or, they, or they're great at both, or they're great at writing, but they can't play for shit. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or they're great at lyrics, but the melodies are crap. You know. Yeah. Um, so I always find. Um, if the song works, I think it's that's the most important thing. Right. If that makes sense, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but yeah, like it's, it's all subjective, it, isn't it? Totally. It's all subjective, mm. and then and then that's when when like sometimes you're working with someone, and then then the the energies and the right elements come together, mm. and then you make something amazing because there's someone there that does the, the all the elements work together, like the Beatles, you know, or like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Or, you know, like Quincy and Michael, you know, like all these elements come together, you know, all those people that are working in that record or working in that music, uh, it's just the magical thing that happens. You know, somebody was really good at pulling those guitar tones and the other guy was really good at, you know, getting the, those horns right, you know, and it's mm. all these things, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, the song was written, just the melody delivered, the, the, the singer delivers the melody the way it just should be, like you cannot do it any other way, you know. That's it. And we we want Jr. on drums for that because exactly. he sounds like this, and we yeah, want Pica- we want Jeff Picaro and Lucas there yeah. on this one because that's the sound we want, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, so gotcha. that's the that's 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 the thing, you know. It's like, um, it's it's yeah. That's the to me that's the beauty. Um, judging, yeah. I'm, I'm I mean I I've, I find it really hard nowadays to kind of judge music because. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because I'm getting older, you know, I'm getting older, I'm setting my ways, you know, we all get set in our ways, you know, we all yeah. become, you know, we, we, you know, like we, we have, we, our generations are different to the kids that are growing up today. Like mm. my stepson, JJ, you know, he's 10 years old and what he listens to and he likes listening to, is like something I, I would not listen to, you know, I don't, I go, what the hell is he listening to? Mm. But that's just kids, you know, like, and, and then, then he's going to be into something and then he, they're going to be, what are they gonna listen to? The his kids, you know, are they gonna be into? Mm. Yeah, and is our music gonna be more like classical music to them? Because mm. that's really what it's becoming. If you really think about it, like if you think about the the old school bands, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, 
you know, all those things are like, it's almost like classical music in a lot of ways. Cause, cause it's, it's, I don't know what's going to happen in the next generations. We're still holding the flag up for all those music, you know, for all mm. that kind of style. But uh, is it going to be a thing in 50 years time? Yeah. Is it, or is it going to be something that, I mean, it's different to classical music because it's got this rhythm. It's got that has the, the African thing going on right. where it's like, right. it's, it's moves you, you know, but in the sense that it's, that it's like, you look at it like, oh, wow, they used to do that. Mm. <laughs> you know, cause we look at it now like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's not many earth, wind and fires around anymore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. After hearing what you've just said these last few minutes, I, I've, I've probably it was probably a little unfair of me saying that a lot of people you, like I can hear that generic type music with that preset, blah blah blah. I, I'm not really thinking about the person that's made that music. I mean, so no, they, no, no. they probably, I, I got, they probably I got don't. It. They probably haven't got maybe the ears that um little tra- a little bit more trained ears, but they're it's that's the song that they've created in that moment, and to them mm. it sounds fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, I was probably a little little bit of a dick saying that. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, man. I, I don't think you are. I think it's just look. I feel. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to to share all all my thoughts on every single music that I hear. I mean, sure. I hear a lot of music that I hear, and I go, "That's shit," you know. Right. I don't. I'm not into it. Mm. I don't like it. Mm. Now, when it comes down to like I, like I said, you know, when we first said, you know, like they have this whole thing about we live in a little bubble, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, in on Facebook and stuff, mm. and then we think that everybody's like a greenie and everybody's into organic foods, you know, yep. and shit, you know, like, I gotcha. you know, yep. and it's not like that. No. It's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. It's like so music is the same, you know, like um, I feel that um, the little bubble that I'm in that I like listening to and the music, the influences that I have is just a little bubble, and so many people have other influences and people and people learn you know there's new skills you know when yep. ableton face first came out i remember i used to look at it and i used to go what the fuck's this you know mm. like as i was in, i was recording music and i was recording we are i wanted to record real instruments and it's music and blah 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 whatever you know it doesn't matter all those things i guess is part of the change it's like the whole thing i saw this post not long ago from some Muso, muso, muso guys that put it up and they're going, oh yeah, what's you know this, you know the, this rapper is calling themselves musicians, and I just go, and I th- to me, I think it's such an ignorant thing to say because because the poetic message and 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 the the the, the rhythm in the the rhymes, you know, it's so powerful. It's one of the most powerful things. Yep. Like being able to rap, you can be, you can write the most powerful lyrics, more, mm. more even so than in song. For sure, you know? yeah. It's uh, the depth that you can go into it is amazing, and it's only because ugh, you know I'll, when I grew up, <laughs> and you probably the same. You remember it was either headbangers or you were, or you were a bomber, you know. <laughs> so it was. So you, yeah. what, what kind, were, were you to fucking heavy metal? Or yeah, I was you, a metal guy, man. Or, yeah. or, or, or rap, you know. No, I was. And well, I, thought, I was. I was metal until. Anthrax and um, Anthrax and Public Enemy came together. Yeah, exactly, See? and it was like, oh, oh, what? Oh, you know, you can, and, then, and then I heard, then I heard Ice T. Yeah, you know, with um, distorted guitar. I'm like, and the the Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, it was yeah. like, what the uh, hey? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it, yeah, definitely started just on just on the metal side of thing with you know Metallica and, Me- and Megadeth and. Um, Slayer and Testament and that kind of stuff. And yeah, until that sort of crossover happened. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I went. I I, I had a I, I'm same. I had a. But I came from a a different a different kind of thing, you know. Like I was already I had I was already into like a lot of funky stuff before, you know. And mm. I was listening to George Benson and all this stuff. And then and then I discovered electric guitar and I got right into as I wanted to play metal, you know. So I was listening to I was listening to Testament and yeah and Metallica yeah. and Megadeth and um and Led Zeppelin and and then that wore off really quickly actually, man. That lasted a few years and then I was back into this other thing and then I was right into Bobby Brown. Yeah, I, I, I love <laughs> yeah. Bobby Brown, man. It's just you know, it's, uh, his his classic albums are just mad. Yeah, it's just such a such a sound and such yeah. a such a iconic vibe. You know, it's just you know every little step I make. Yeah, you and um, be there every little. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's it. And humping around that record. Yeah, yeah. Is great. That's a great record. <clears throat> you got carpal tunnel in your. In your yeah. um, left wrist, is that right? Left wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I uh, came to your studio just before Christmas um, mm. to interview Lily for the podcast, yeah. um, mm. if you haven't heard that, by the way, go go back and listen. It's, it's awesome. Mm. It's great. Yeah, I know. I noticed that strap on your wrist, and I, I think I asked you about it. So yeah, how are you going with that? And and um, has and the, this, has the it, kind of the break the break away from from gigging been a hindrance, or is it, it, it not? helped it's it's helped oh it has okay yep. it's helped not playing so much okay um the um oh, what was i was gonna say um uh, this thing that i wear this little club thing mm. that i put on mm. um it helps me so much it's the best thing i've ever found before that i used to live in agony yeah right. I was in agony every day i got told i had to get operated mm-hmm. and um and um, the guy they checked me and they said that it, that I had it in both hands. On the other hands, I had a, it was starting. All oh, right. I don't have anything on this hand. This right. hand's okay. The, the right hand's fine. Um, the left hand is the problem. So I get pins and needles and stuff. But it all started because I lifted at I lifted an amp in a in a bad angle. Oh shit. Yeah, and then all these problems started. So apparently, I might have. You might have snapped yeah. a little bone or something and no, pushed it in into the, the. It's in the back and my neck back. Oh, uh, really? nerve, nerve, and then this started, and then I feel pins and needles on my left side. So oh, they really, they right. get really enhanced here on this side. Right. But I started wearing this thing, and then plus, I think because of that, also I got, I got, <coughs> I got carpal tunnel. Ah, oh, right. But by wearing this thing, man, it helps me, and I don't have to get operated. I don't want to get operated. Fuck that, you know. It's yeah, like, that'll take you out for a while, eh? I mean, it's not just that. It's like a high risk situation, you know. Yeah, it's right. like the last thing is, I'd rather be. I'd rather play in pain mm. because I love it mm. than be fucked and not being able to play. Yeah, what and what, be and be depressed. <laughs> yeah. So what what are the what are the odds there of, of it kind of going the other way if you had the operation? Did they they tell you that? And so I've, I've heard of people having problems, and some people come mm. out on the other side and stuff. Yep. But like I said, I got I, I got the, there's an underlying problem right, behind okay. it. So right. I'm not gonna, yeah. Like I wouldn't take the chance. Like I'll, Fair I'll leave. The, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll keep on living with it until it's unlivable. <laughs> That's the way. That's the <laughs> Chop way. it off and get a new one. That's it, eh? You probably yeah. will, but yeah, in a few years you probably can. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Order a new one. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping for um, what's its name? <laughs> yeah, UAD will probably make one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A plugin that you can put on. Yeah. Um. Now earlier today I contacted you and I said I 
you know, I've got a segment on the podcast here where um, I've asked you to choose one song, and it's mm. only one song that's yeah. had the biggest uh, impact on you. And um, yeah. so what we're going to do is I've, I know I know what that is because, like I said, yeah. we had that discussion. So I'm going to put it over to you to introduce the song, and then yep. we'll start talking about it. Okay, so over to you, man. Uh, well, uh, I'll I'll I'll. I'll tell you about this, the, 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 the reason why I chose this song, right? Um, it's, it's, it's something that I heard since I was little, you know? I remember seeing it when it first came out and it impacted me, the whole, the whole record, you know, the whole record. But I just chose this song because it's part of that record, you know? Um, <clears throat> I remember watching uh, in Chile, watching the video hits style, music shows watching this and then they will talk about Michael Jackson this, Michael Jackson that and then Quincy Jones and then Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. And the arrangements and the musicality and the playing and the the the, the melodies, Michael Jackson's rhythm to sing, to be able to interpret those songs and those ideas, the feel of the whole thing. Mm. That's what captivated me, and then that's like I always. That's what for me is one of the most. That album and a lot of other albums, but this 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 record is really important in my life. I think mm. has shaped a lot of things that I want to do. Shaped a lot of things that, you know, when I write, you know, I can, you know, I I got to meet Quincy at the beginning of this year, mm. and I spoke to him for a, for a moment and. It was even though it was just for a moment, but it was life changing in in a lot of ways, um, because of who he is and because who he's been, and the legacy that he leaves behind, and mm. the fact that I that I just got to to shake his hand and say something to him and and be be somehow touched by divine divine light. Right, you know? right. He, he is my Jesus. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. If that makes sense, yeah, it does, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. And um, and but but like I said to you before, you know, it's like it just depends on how I feel. And then this, to me, it it's in in a lot of ways because of a lot of the music that I've been doing and that I do, it reflects on a lot of things that I that I, that I do. Uh, thriller, Michael Jackson, Thriller. You know. Mm. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're doing the Michael Jackson steps, by the way. So, like you said, it, it was was it the was it the video you saw first of this, Ben? <clears throat> You know, um, yeah, we saw the. I saw the video. It was like the premiere. Like it's like it's a yep. premiere on. You know, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember that? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was such a. It was huge. It was massive. It was fucking huge in Chile. It was like the biggest thing ever. Yeah. I've been watching when they were making like the making of. I remember they they did the whole thing. It was it was on the it was on the radio all the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was on TV all the time. It was they they would play it on the, and we and I remember Downer was so scared of the video. Oh, but he, he loved it. Loved it. Yeah, because he was like four years old, right? You know, or three years old, three and a half years old, and because he had all the scary monsters in the video. Does anybody know this? Huh? Does anybody know that? 
what's that? Like he was scared? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't well, they know. Do yeah, they did now. Yeah, so he was a he was a little boy, you know. Yeah, he was a little boy, and yeah. he was scared. He used to like turn around and go like, "We will be next to my daddy." Yeah, goes, I right. Wanna, I don't want to watch it. And he'll put, he'll open his head. I don't want to watch it, but he loved it. He used to, yeah, awesome. he used to dance. He used to dance like Michael Jackson, copy the dances and stuff. It, it was great, you know. And um, yeah, I've I've always loved the music. Yeah, it speaks to me in, in so many levels, you know. cool man yeah very very cool right so just who who would you like to work with or who would you like to do a session for or, or have call you up oh wow um if i have to say for example singers or um let's say if i had to work with a singer mm -hmm. There's many different people that I like to work with for many different reasons. I like to work with Joe, the R&B singer. Mm -hmm. Joe, I love I love that guy. Man. He's such an amazing voice. Um, if I had to work with, um, I don't know, females, um, who's a, I don't know. It's such a such a hard question to ask yeah. me. Um, I mean, you know. I would have, I would have, I mean, I would have loved to, if I would have had the opportunity to work with Michael, that would have been yeah. the ultimate right. for me. Um, um, I would love to be, I would love to be with Quincy, just yeah. not even work with him. Just, just have just another chat there. with him and have yeah. a, have a proper chat with him just to, to be, um, just to be in that, in that zone. I like to, I like to go back to to Babyface Studio. I, did, I, I was mm. there in LA yeah. last time, yep. and I would just like to do something with him. I would love to work. I would love to be part of that 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 for a moment. See see where how much am I out of depth? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love to be. I love to to do that. Um, when it comes to to musicians, I mean, I I love like when it comes to recording. For example, if I had to record. I love recording great musicians, amazing musicians, people that can really play the shit out of the instrument. And I'm not talking just because they're so such an amazing virtuoso. It's just someone that really know, understands how to play that instrument for what they're recording, you know? There's such a big difference in recording someone that that doesn't know, mm. that don't know, that doesn't know, as opposed to someone that really knows. And there are there are uh 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 uh, 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 what's the word that I'm trying to find? Someone that's amazing up at the, the, you know, giving you that experience, you know? Yeah, right. You know, when you hear someone, you know, when they say Tony's in the fingers, you know? Yeah, I gotcha. It's, yeah. it's it's that, you know, it's like that control of being able to control a guitar or a drum kit, you know? Mm. The certain guys that sit on a drum kit, mm. the same drum kit, you change drummers, you put a different drummer, it sounds totally different. Yeah. Same same sticks. Yep. That kick drum sounds different. Yep. If you can't hear it, 
then you're not ready to listen to it. Mm. But um, it's that's what I'm talking about. It's like they're, they're, those are the kind of people that I like to work with. I like I love I love working with great songwriters. Someone that that comes sing with a song, and they're able to 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 record it. And then and then I don't even have to produce it. Just press record. Yeah, or, right. Yeah, gotcha. Or, you know, like it's gotcha. like it's not it's not about that for me. You know, like if it's a beautiful thing that I'm working on, it's just fun. You know. Mm. Production wise, I love producing. That's another thing that I love. I love doing. I love working with 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 someone that I can that we can find a sound. I lo- I love finding like you know I'm I'm like originally I was um uh, my 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 I always I love singing right, but I don't sing because I can't sing for shit, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna sing. I'm not gonna start today singing because it's just not something I would do. But um. But I really understand. I feel that I really understand the human voice, you know, and I understand that you can pull so many different sounds out of a voice. A voice, you know, when you with your voice, you're able to copy the sound of a dog. You're able to make the sound of a punch, you know. Yep. You're able to 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 copy a chipmunk and then also put your put a low voice. You know, you can do so many things with a voice. The human voice is the most flexible instrument there is ever. There's nothing that can do that. There's no synthesizer. There's nothing. The human voice can do it. And for a singer to understand that, it's very difficult for a singer to understand that. Mm. And and I feel that I can help guide singers to achieve those things that they they haven't yet explored to take them in, take them out of the, the the comfort zone, and especially the great ones. Because the great ones have already something amazing, and then if you can find that divine moment in that, that's where you come in, and then you go bam, and then people can go, "Wow, listen to that record! It's mm. amazing! That listen to that amazing singer! How does it sound? Wow, it's the best thing they've ever done!" And a lot of the time, it's because, of course, amazing thing about that producer that's behind them that's been able to, 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 to help them get to that, you know, get that performance out of them. You know, get that emotion across. You know, that's uh, that's uh, that's what I love. Yeah. And, and going back to gear on that, like especially you know microphones. You talk of vintage microphones and mm. microphones that have a certain tone. Mm. You know, you you hear someone and you know they're coming in. Mm. What's going to make your job so much easier if you've if you've got that mic in your mic locker? Mm. And you can put it up and put it on that voice, and that's basically that's basically all you have to do with that voice, and just let her sing instead of going, "Hang on, hang on, I've just got a, I haven't quite got the sound." I'm, you know, it, mm. it, it takes away from that um, the performance, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, it's you know what, what you're saying right there. I mean, it's such a complicated thing, though. You know, such a complicated thing, though, because I. I found that, you know, I mean, and it's because we, because, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 you know, my, my studio is, is pro and project in a lot of ways, you know, and uh, because it's in that, that level, it's, it's, you know, it's always a hard thing to kind of think about that, but I understand it now, you know, I understand mm-hmm. it now, I understand the, 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 the mic thing. And sometimes, you know, the U87 doesn't work. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Totally. So, like yeah. the U87. But what I'm I mean sure is that, like, with you know, yeah. you, you know what I'm, you know, I know what where you're going, and that's what I'm trying yeah. to answer. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. So, like, the U87 doesn't work, and then the same person you I pull out, 
a different mic that it's like not the expected thing and that's yeah, right. voice. Yeah, you know? even the, they, the cheap J car mic, you put that up and all of a sudden yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's well, ne- never to that level, but, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. Mm. Like for example, with Carlos, you know, and I'll bring his example because that's one of the that's one of the times that we actually we did a we did a shootout with him, you know, with yep. the mics. Okay. So I put a I put a U forty seven, I got a U forty seven Neumann, a fat U forty seven. Yep. I put a U eighty seven, I put a TLM one seventy Neumann, I put a Coles forty thirty-eight, I put a Sony C thirty eight B, uh, I put a the Townsend Labs Fee, which is a new mic that's uh, a modeling mic that everybody raves on about. Mm-hmm. Um uh what else did I put up? I put a SM seven B. And a SM7, an original vintage one, mm-hmm. which Mark, Michael used a lot too, the mm-hmm. SM7. Mm-hmm. Um, I put all those mics and then we did a, a bit of a test just to hear where, where, what we were really doing. And then as Carlos was hearing it, we, we, we started to zone in into the mics. I can't remember exactly where we ended up, what, what were the, the three top favorites, mm. but we did, but the favorite was the Sony C38B. Right. And, and that's kind of like a, it's, if you think about it, it's a, kind of a bit of a left center mic. Mm. Right, because like I'm not sure if you've heard of that mic, mm-hmm. but it's 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 a mic that not many people know about. It's a kind of one of the the you know one of the secret mics, you know, if that makes sense. It's an amazing microphone, and um, it just really worked because with the stuff that we're recording and stuff, in his voice just sounded beautiful, sounded nice and warm and present, and it just worked, you know. Mm. So we used the mic and on over the other choices that we had because we had quite a few choices to choose from. And all good mics. Mm. There was nothing wrong with any of them. That they, w- they would have all worked if their choice wasn't there, you know. But um, yeah, it was amazing just to hear that, hear that the the voice. Um, speaking of mics, I just bought a new mic um, a couple of weeks uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I bought it, and and here here comes the pride because <laughs> it's uh it's made in Chile. Right. It's by, yeah, it's made in Chile. Stem Audio is the, the brand, and it's a copy of a of another Sony mic is a copy of a C thirty C eight hundred G, which is an iconic mic, you know, like very, very sought after. And I've been trying to find an original one. And before the pandemic, I was about to drop fifteen K on one. Fuck, on an original really? one. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was gonna Whoa. drop that money. I was going I was going fucking crazy. I thought, fuck it, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> you know? But the pandemic hit, man, and I was very it was I'm glad I did not spend that money, man. Because otherwise I would have been stuffed. So, because I, I I did a lot of work, you know, I did a lot of work, and then and I was saving, you know, yeah, so I was yeah, saving yeah. for that, you know. So I, was, I had the money to to kind of do that, and um uh, and just do it, you know. I was gonna do it, and um uh, it was gonna put me in a situation where where I had to keep working really hard. I think if I would have spent that money, it would have been really stressful during this time, mm. you know. So good thing I didn't. But then I found this, and then there was a guy here in Australia that had it, and I bought it of him, brand new. And I recorded now. I've done two sessions with it, two big sessions. I did a session a couple of weeks ago when I first got it. There was a girl that came and recorded, and it's phenomenal. This microphone, yeah, right, it's fucking out of this world. And we recorded yesterday. We had a, a recording session with Polini, and it just sounds like the business. Mm. Straight to straight through the Avalon. I didn't didn't um, compress it or EQ it yet. I'll, I'm gonna do that later mm-hmm. with other stuff that I got, mm-hmm. but um, just sounds beautiful. It's right. so warm and so the f- right frequencies are right there. It's, it's yeah, it's incredible. So I'm really happy with it. Maybe it's the flavor of the month for me. But, uh, <laughs> we're really, but we're really digging it. So, well, I'll, so I'll ask you about it next month. 
Yeah, you that's oh, not shit. <laughs> oh, that piece of shit, I sold yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, so yeah, and and guitars is the same thing, man. You know, yeah. I've got a lot of got a lot of guitars, man. Like mm. my my my, I love my Fenders. You know, yeah, cool. So uh, I was uh, I played a Ibanez Jam floral for many years, mm-hmm. and I was trying to find the Fender sound on that thing, and I could never find it. I didn't know why. Mm. You know, because I was coming from the Steve Vai sort of school, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in reality, what I really wanted was a Fender. Right. <laughs> I wanted a, I wanted a Strat, you know, strat, but it, yeah. a Strat with a humbucker. But I couldn't. But I was trying to find the, those sounds in the in the Ibanez, and it just didn't work. But uh, yeah, I, when I when I switched to Fender, I'm finally, I, I was able to tune into the guitar. It was, it, was, mm. it was a great thing, you know. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Martinez, man, this has been awesome. Um, Thanks, brother. So glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, um, we've been we've been talking about it for a while for well, a long time since yeah. almost the beginning. It's yeah, just man. never kind of happened, eh? Like, yeah, yeah. We're, um, we're both too busy, and the times will always clash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was I was supposed to be out at your studio last week, but yeah. you got sick, and I'm supposed I, to be there yeah. today. But I've got to get up in a couple of hours to go to work. So if I'd come out there, it would have been another hour and a half before I got to bed. So <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. But this is cool, man. It's you know, um, you yeah, look forward to hanging out in the room with you, and yeah, welcome anytime, man. Sweet as. All right, yeah, brother, man. take it easy, man, and um, look after yourself, and yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, man. I'll see you soon. Sweet man. Bye.